0: We come here because we believe you help us see our life more clearly, and that in you is life. We pray this morning that you'd continue to speak to us, so that we would live as you want us to, in this busy and broken world. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Some of you are aware that um, we're in a period of sorting things out as we look to move on. Um, the amount of clutter that we just live with—I um, speak personally, obviously—but just, and you've seen my study. Um, but but in the midst of all of that, this week I came across my diaries from the 1980s. Oh my goodness me! The amount of—I mean—they were scary. Um, quotes such as, oh, four and a half hours in the library, I seem to be you know, proud of that at one point and, um, uh, Up at the crack of dawn, 8.25, I write another day, you know <laughs> um, I mean, some of the highlights, again, make comments about my flatmates, about girls who were friends, about football, about politics, about the weather it just jumps around from one thing to It is just a complete jumble. I mean, it's just such a jumble, my diary. It's scary. It's very embarrassing. That's why I'm not going to read any more of it. It's embarrassing for me to read it and to look back. It put the hairs on the back of my neck up. But it did that partly because I recognized that that is me. But what a jumble of things that we live our lives with. But you know, at the back of that same book in 1985, the 28th of January that year, there were words written down about my call to ministry. And that very special time where I heard God, in the midst of this nonsense about Aberdeen Football Club and whose turn it was to cook and how unfair it was, in the midst of all of that, there were these words of, I've met with God, I feel that God's calling me to ministry, this is life-changing. We are doing a series on the minor prophets so that we can listen better for God's voice in the busyness of our lives, in the clutteredness of our lives, as we rush from one thing to the next that we might stop and say, Lord, where is the purpose of this? Who am I? Remind me of who I am. Habakkuk is a dialogue. I wonder how he feels about getting some of his thoughts published. I often think that about David, you know, when you get these very personal psalms written. But Habakkuk, unlike Jeremiah, it's a personal dialogue. Um, Difficult to know what verses to choose to share with you this morning. But he complains and God replies. He complains again and God replies. And that's why we've got bits from the different chapters. Habakkuk is a prophet 600 years before Christ. We don't know much about him. But we do know about the times that he was living in. A time of great violence and destruction. Uh, There was a spirit of anarchy around. uh, And one group of people was constantly at war with the other. And the law of God was being flouted. And you get the whole sense that all of society was beginning to unravel. Scary times. And so Habakkuk begins by saying to God, I don't like this time. He utters that. He says... This is not good. I don't like the way things are. God says, Habakkuk, trust me. I have a plan. I will bring the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and they will sweep away those who are presently in charge. And Habakkuk listens and he says, "Hmm, I don't know if I like that plan, God. Really? That seems to be replacing injustice and violence with more injustice and violence. And God says, Habakkuk, trust me. And that is the theme of this book. And that's the theme of largely of our Christian lives. God saying to us in the jumble, in the different stuff that we deal with, trust me, I am at work and I'm not finished yet because I love you and I love this world. Habakkuk is a book where we're invited to trust God as Habakkuk does. Trusting God when we don't understand what's going on, which a lot of, for a lot of us is a lot of our lives. And secondly, even more difficult. It's when we don't like what God seems to be doing in our lives. That's the case for Habakkuk. And God says, Habakkuk, trust me. So going back to chapter one, let's read again those verses because Habakkuk is sick of this generation. It's a sick generation. He says, oh, enough of this, God, please, would you purify, would you bring your cleansing, your justice? How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at this injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction of violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralysed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Habakkuk is sick of the way that things are. He can't upset them and he speaks out. He is sick of the way that things are. As I look to leave Camborne Church, I pray that you would not accept things the way that they are. In this world. In our community in your life. They are not all right. I think we can be tempted to accept the way that things are because we've just got something else to go to. We don't want to apply our minds to discern God's will and leading. Or else we shut the world out because all this violence and the stuff around it's too complicated. Or I don't have time for it. And I think that's one of the great challenges for Christians across our country: is that religious faith is escapism. It says, "You know, my my work is so complicated and so exhausting. I come to church just for a rest, just to know the comfort of God." But that's not what the gospel is about. It's about human transformation. It's about plans and purposes for society. Things are not okay. That's what Habakkuk is saying in that first chapter. Things are not okay. We might be tempted to say, I want to come to church more and have longer times of singing. Do you remember last week, the message to Micah? God says, whoa, 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 hold on. I've heard that song a few times now. What I want from you is to love mercy, to do justice, and to walk humbly with your God. Can I ask you, as we as a Christian communicate, not to insulate ourselves against the pain of the world around us? If that's what our faith is doing, what is it really doing? What's it about? Because I believe it's when we take on that pain, when we grapple with it, when we complain about it, when we wrestle with it, then, as we see in Habakkuk, God brings to us a greater vision of his glory that we get more in touch with God's heart for the people around us and for the world. That is the experience of Habakkuk. And you know his name, what his name means. I wonder what your name means. Habakkuk means embrace. Embrace. It's a very positive thing. Embracing people around you. Embracing yourself and your life as God-given. Embracing God. It's very intimate. Embrace is a wholehearted bodily movement as we think of embracing somebody. Embrace it. God has given you it. Don't run away from it. Don't deny it. Don't hide from it. This God has given you your life. In its jumble and its grayness, in its moments where the sun shines and everything is fantastic. This is God-given. Again, can I say to you, in our church, we, have, we believe as a Christian community it is good to be in smaller groups and to work out our faith in small groups, to encourage one another in that way. And yet we need to acknowledge the pain of our world and our own pain. Let's not, I've seen too many churches where small groups simply become places where we collude with one another in nicety and we don't engage with the pain of the world or each other's pain or even acknowledge my own pain. Let's not rush to congratulate ourselves on how many groups we've got as a church if none of these spaces are places of transformation, places where we're willing to make ourselves vulnerable and be changed because things are not all right. I know in my life, I know in our community, our community of Camborne, all these new people coming in who are longing to hear God's love song, however it's expressed, Can we fully embrace God in your life? I want to read this poem to you. Some of you might recognize it. It was written for you. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for. And if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow, if you've been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it, fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can still live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand on the edge of the lake and shout to the silver full moon, yes, this life is God-given, this is my life. It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have, I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done to feed the children. It doesn't interest me to know who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the centre of the fire with me and not shrink back. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied I want to know what sustains you when everything else strips away. Let's acknowledge the pain, the sin of the world around us. Things are not all right. But Habakkuk moves on, and chapter 2 has this phrase in it, live by faith. Amazingly little phrase that was picked up by Luther and Paul and is one of the core phrases for the gospel because Habakkuk was despairing as to how he could live in this time. But as Christians, we celebrate the gospel of Christ that, no, there is nothing we can do, but in Christ, God has loved us because he loves us, because he loves us because he loves us and the gospel changes lives the gospel is about hope it's about forgiveness of sin god has dealt with that stuff and has purposes and plans we are gospel people we lift our heads up and we thank god for the gift of each day in its mixture and jumble of things we thank god for forgiveness for a new life for hope for new identity in christ The gospel is one of our, it's the way that we hold our core values together. We have six core values, but it's the gospel that holds them together. It is first and foremost why we're here. Because God and his love has touched us and reached us. Habakkuk, there is hope because we believe and trust in a God of grace and of goodness. God of the gospel, a God of good news to the poor, good news to Camborne. This little phrase, live by faith, given by God, is what we're called to be in these difficult times. So Lord, help me in the big picture of my life to trust you. Creator, help me to trust that you are creator. Help me to trust that you are still painting on this canvas that you are continually recreating all that I have lost when I was born into fear and pain and brokenness and sickness. When I was born lost, creator, create in me new life. Rebirth me into dream, hope, love, life. Help me to find again this life of mine that you promised, that abundant life. God, help me to trust you. Finally, at the end of Habakkuk, in chapter 3, we have Habakkuk's complaint with God saying, trust me. We have Habakkuk's complaint with God saying, trust me. And then Habakkuk says, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you because you are God. This is your world. And I will stand and wait upon you and live faithfully in this disorder and this confusion. When there's times I don't understand things, What I will do is live a faithful life in the way that you've shown me how to live. I know some of you this morning have had lots thrown at you in this last few years. And I know that for you, many of you, just standing is what it's about. It's tough. That is what God calls us to do, to stand firm, people of integrity. And to live when we don't feel like it. When things seem to be difficult. When we seem to be getting nowhere on the path and the trek of our life. God says, stand. For I am still at work. I'm not finished yet. I am not finished yet, Camborn Church. I have plans and purposes for you. More than you can see. More than you can understand. That's what faith's about. I was thinking back to when we first arrived here and you know we were told all these houses were coming. You couldn't see them. Muddy fields. Envisioning what God can still do and God's heart for this community. God has plans for you, for this community, for this church. Because God in Jesus Christ is a God of endless love and patience and forgiveness. And so God calls us to endure And to know the love of God. A story to encourage you, particularly those of you for whom life is challenging. As it was for Habakkuk. It's a story of Byron Janus, a pianist. He was a world-class concert pianist. At the peak of his career, someone who spent years studying and practicing developing his art. His fingers responded instantly to his mental commands... With grace and speed, they flitted across the keyboard. And then one day, he reached that point in his trek in life where there's a sudden stiffness that seemed to come into his fingers. He went to the doctors. The tests were done. And yes, this was the onset of arthritis. Surely from this heights of success and acclaim, things would plunge to the depths. Within a short period of time it's true that the concert period he saw his arthritis quickly spread to his fingers and the joints of nine of them became fused some people would never have recovered from such a blow and yet janus would not be overcome he knew that god was not finished with him yet this was another stage for him to embrace and enter wholeheartedly into And so he kept his ailment a secret from everyone, apart from his doctor and his two best friends. He worked for long hours to change his piano technique. He learned how to use what strengths he had instead of concentrating on his weakness. He used medications and ultrasound and hypnosis to deal with the pain. His wife learned how to give him massages to loosen his joints. So through hard work and sheer determination, Janice was able to continue his career for a full 12 years with no one suspecting the pianist had arthritis. Finally, in 1985, at the White House, at the end of a concert, he acknowledged that he had arthritis. He credits faith and hope for his endurance. And he says this, I have arthritis, but it doesn't have me. My prayer for you as a church is that you know that you are loved. Before you do anything, that you know that you are loved and God is not finished with you yet. It's not about so much about you loving God, but being open to God's purposes and plans for what's around that next corner. Because God is not finished with you yet. We need to embrace the realities, the harshness of our world. It would be naive. Don't be naive and be escapist. Embrace it as Habakkuk did in its pain and suffering and confusion. Because if you do, I think God will give you a greater vision for what he wants to do in Camborne. Audacious, bold, people becoming Christians, place of healing and hope. That is God's vision and that's God's heart for our community. And so we have this wonderful trusting vision at the end in Habakkuk where he says, even if it seemed like a failure, I will yet praise you. And those, those words were saying, even if there's no figs on the tree, I will yet praise you. But God has not finished with this world because God is the creator of it, the life giver, the judge, the sustainer and a lover of this world. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're not finished with us. We thank you that you're not finished with Camborne. We thank you that you have plans for this world. God, we can't see these, and life is so complicated. Life is hard work. You've given each of us burdens and experiences that are difficult to understand. God, at times our faith just seems to get in the way and add to our problems. God, we ask that you'd help us to trust you because you alone are the creator. There is no one like you. God, where else can we go to see clearly, to know what life's about? So Lord, give us the strength for tomorrow, the strength for today, that we may live faithfully, live by our faith, that we would love mercy, do justice, and walk humbly with you. Amen.